Thank you for tuning in to Waterside Chat. During this chat, the Quijada family will be joining Arche to talk about their long history with Roe, New York, and how their involvement has impacted their lives. Carol's here along with her mother, Jeanette, and sister, Yvonne. Roe, New York's adaptive program holds special importance for Carol and her family. Both she and her sister, Tanya, participated in Roe, New York's youth program throughout their high school years. In 2010, when the organization launched an adaptive program for people with cognitive and physical disabilities, Carol and Tanya's youngest sister, Yvonne, who has Down syndrome, had the opportunity to step off of the sidelines and join the team. Fast forward 16 years later, Carol still spends most of her time with Roe, New York as the adaptive program coordinator. Listen in as Carol, Jeanette, and Yvonne give us great insight on adaptive rowing. Welcome, 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 everyone, to Row New York Podcast. I'm pretty excited to have everyone here um, today. We're going to talk about our adaptive athletes, and we have uh, Carol, who's going to introduce herself and her family. And we're going to get we're going to jump right into what we're talking about, but we want to do a couple introductions. So we're going to start off with Carol. Uh, you give your introduction, and you can hand it over to Yvonne, and I hand it over to your mother. Great. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Carol, and I use he and she pronouns. And this, uh, right next to me, I have my sister, Yvonne. She uses she and her pronouns as well. And my mother is also in the room, yay, um, at my place of work. Awesome. Uh, and she uses she and her pronouns. Awesome, awesome. So we're going to kick this off real quick with a question uh, for you, Carol. Um, you know, we all, I think we both agree that rowing changes lives. Uh, rowing changed my life over 20 years ago, and not only my life, but my family life, on, on what is, and with the benefits of the sport of rowing. And not only I benefit from it, but my family benefit from it, and my close friends did. And I think um, that same story identifies with you. But I want to ask you, um, how did you get into the sport of rowing? How did it happen? When, when did it start? So I joined in January 2003 as a participant. So I had pretty much the same uh, style of recruiting that our athletes receive today, which is pretty nice that that's been tradition. And we had a coach come into my high school and they they didn't need to make such a big pitch. I was already sold as soon as I saw the video of the girls rowing. And then they said ICT prep, and then they said college tours, and then they said races, and I was like begging them to take me. So I joined in the winter of 2003, and I graduated in 2006, um, and I've been here ever since. Awesome, amazing. Um, to Jeanette, um, what was your first impression um, when Carol said she's going to row? Um, so just a little disclaimer, I guess we should have done this earlier. Whoops. Um, so my mother is a native Spanish speaker and she prefers to use Spanish to speak. Uh, so I will be doing translations 
My sister also has a speech impediment, and so while she will be talking at some point, I may rephrase some of the sentences or some of the questions so that she understands exactly what we're asking of her, and I will do any translations. Uh, so just any uh, patience in going, the, going back and forth. But, uh, Mami, la pregunta es, ¿cuál fue tu impresión cuando yo empecé con este equipo? Hola, hola a todos. Eh, me sentí muy feliz de que te dieran la oportunidad de ingresar eh, al primer equipo de, de Row New York y en, encontré realmente un deporte que ya venía en la familia, así que me sentí orgullosa de que tú también lo siguieras. Okay. Um, so she says hello and thank you. Um, she is so, she was very happy when I was included as one of the first rowers for the team. Um, she really found a team that was in our family for so many years and she was so proud that we were part of the rowing community. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, my question is, again, uh, for you, Carol, um, you've been a part of the sport. You started rowing, changed your life. You graduated high school. Um, and then, you know, you wanted to be a part of not only changing the sport um, when it comes to diversity, we're seeing uh, people from different ethnicities to be a part of the sport, but you wanted to work with adaptive athletes. Can you talk a little bit about our adaptive programs in what we do here at Row New York with our adapted athletes, and then we'll go into right and go into some of the, the individuals we work with. Sure. So as soon as I graduated, um, I decided that I needed to give back, and I think that's really important for a lot of our participants. Just coming back to the program, they want to they want to continue once a rower, always a rower kind of mentality, and once a row New Yorker, always a row New Yorker. Um, so as soon as I graduated from the program, I started volunteering with, uh, at first the youth program, but when Amanda gave me a call and she said, we have an adaptive program, you should bring your sister along. We were in, we were, we were on it. Uh, Yvonne has been with uh, the Row New York team since the winter of 2012 and uh, she's grown from the recreational program, which was our first program that really catered to just the fun of rowing, getting out on the water, making sure that everybody and anyone with a disability knew that we were there. That was the first program. And then she graduated, along with a lot of our athletes, they graduated onto the competitive program because there was definitely a need for our athletes to grow and to mature in this sport in a competitive sense. And that is what we've been doing. Um, we have the recreational program along with our other adaptive teams to really introduce our community to the sport of rowing and make it ac as accessible as we can and then also give them opportunities to grow and to really showcase those skills in a competitive setting. Awesome. Um, can you, um, Jeanette, Yvonne, uh, talk about some of the benefits of the sport of rowing as an athlete, as an adapted athlete, and as a parent? Can you guys talk about some of the benefits of Row, row New York, the program that you, 
that we started here um, and, you know, how it helped benefit your family and also the athletes. Sure. So, Mami, eh, ¿cuáles son los beneficios que tú has visto eh, para los atletas, la familia de Ron New York en tener un programa adaptativo como este? En realidad, eh, me, me siento, aunque no me han dicho, pero me siento como representante de todas las mamás que, que por largo tiempo, largos años, hemos estado compartiendo. Eh, coincidimos en, en prácticamente todo y el beneficio se empezó a ver de a poquito, porque empezaron los chicos... Eh, los atletas a socializar sin darnos cuenta, eh, empezaron a, a obedecer a las instrucciones de los coach, especialmente eh, de Carol. Um, um, hemos visto que nuestros hijos eh, están felices cuando están... Eh, haciendo el remo, han seguido instrucciones, ya saben lo que es remar, saben, entienden, eh, cuando hemos ido a las competencias en Boston, qué sé yo, y realmente eh, han superado muchas, muchas etapas de este de este fantástico programa. So I'm just going to translate. Um, sitting here, my mother feels almost as a representative of all the mothers and fathers, all the parents that are part of our adaptive team. And she says um, that they've really connected on everything together. And the benefits of rowing are they're they're big but you know they come slowly and um it's it's been a long time to notice that one of the biggest one of the biggest parts is social life and um giving athletes the opportunity to socialize and that happened without the parents noticing they all of a sudden they realized that they were there which is, you know, uh, this is my comment, something that is uh, very needed in the community with disabilities. Um, she also noticed that the athletes were following instructions in a way that, you know, uh, might have not been there before, but she noticed that there was a following of instructions and that our kids are happy. Uh, the routines that are being said by me and the coaches and the entire boathouse, they're understanding it and they're understanding rowing culture and rowing routines and that was very important for her. And also seeing them in race settings like in Boston at uh, what I am assuming Crash B, uh, seeing them in Boston um, was amazing for her and just being part of this fantastic program. So I'm going to just ask the same question to Yvonne. In, and I'm going to rephrase a little bit, only because she's feeling a little shy. Yvonne, could you tell us what you like about rowing? And you can tell me in my ear. 
Sometimes Ivan feels a little shy and that's fine. So can I come back to you for that? Okay. That's okay. A little tiempo. Yeah, we'll give her a little okay. time. So, you know, you talked about some of the benefits of, 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 adaptive, of that, having an adaptive program or working with athletes with different abilities. Um, you know, the first time I, you know, I knew about adaptive programs, but the first time I really seen it was at Crash Bees. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, I'm all about diversity, but I really never consider, like, the adaptive program a part of that. And that was just my lack of experience. And I'll go to Crash Bees and I see um, all these different athletes with one leg or no legs or different kind of abilities or who who are both older and, 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 and those who fought in war and lost both legs, just many different things, many different people, people are paralyzed. And it was so inspiring to see them work just as hard and complete a 2K, which is the hardest thing to, com to uh, complete in the sport of rowing. And I wanna talk more about that and more about the athletes, but before I do, um, I noticed there's some people when they talk about adaptive programs or they say we work with athletes with disabilities or athletes with um, different abilities. What do people say? They don't even know what this, do we say we work with athletes with disabilities, athletes with different abilities, no abilities, like what are the correct words, uh, wording to use around working with um, adaptive athletes? <laughs> <laughs> That is years and years of uh, change because language is alive. And, you know, I really, really believe that the way that we talk about our athletes puts the image of how our athletes should be perceived. So over the years, we've had several changes to the terms that we use with our athletes. Um, and they're still national associations, for example, the, the National Association for Down Syndrome, they will have their own website dedicated to, uh, oh, Yvonne is smiling because I said Down Syndrome and Yvonne does have Down Syndrome, so she's very proud of that. Um, and <laughs> so she's very, very proud. Um, uh, and so, and, and that is a really, it's a really difficult question to answer um, right now, easy, short answer is that we go with people first language. We wanna make sure that we highlight the person first and not their disabilities. Um, all of our athletes have disabilities, so once they're in the boathouse, it's, they all have disabilities. And so it's, it's really important for me to distinguish the person first. So instead of saying disabled athletes, um, you know, we say athletes with disabilities because they are all in the same program, they are all in the same team, but they also have a disability and that is uh, something that is there. There are a lot of conversations surrounding language and so I don't want to be the kind of person that says this is the way that it's done and this is what is uh, which should be said or, you know, control language in that manner because there are so many, so many people out there with disabilities that they identify with their disability. They, and they disregard, not disregard, but they 
they don't want to use people first language. And so I think it's really important to ask what they prefer. Um, and also acknowledging that disabilities are invisible. And some people may really, really identify with that disability and they want to be part of, they, they want it to be part of how they are described. And so it's important to ask people how they, they want to be presented in order to do a presentation on uh, a community. Um, I know for a fact that uh, Yvonne is extremely proud of her Down syndrome to the point uh, that she'll come to me and my sister and she'll say, uh, I wish we were more alike. And most people would think that maybe she means she doesn't want to have Down syndrome. Instead, she, she will follow that up and say, I wish you had a little Down syndrome. Um, and I think, you know, that's really powerful that she can find some strength. Um, and I'm sorry that I'm speaking for my sister, but uh, she's, she is feeling a little shy today, so maybe she'll maybe give us a laugh or maybe give us a word uh, in terms of how she feels about Down syndrome. But she was smiling. <laughs> um, what are some of the challenge, challenges, Carol, with working with adapted athletes? What are the, well, I would say, what are the major challenges of working with adapted athletes? There are a lot of challenges for adaptive sports, uh, but uh, I'll give you one, uh, I'll give you a couple. Um, some of the challenges for coaches is, it, it just requires a lot more patience and empathy. Um, that's in schooling or education in general. But my athletes have different bodies and experiences that I don't have and experiences that I may never have. Uh, but it's my responsibility to be knowledgeable um, and some of my athletes have atypical brains, and that means I may need to scaffold or differentiate information a little bit more and definitely be more patient. But the challenge is there is not that my athletes are different. The challenge is that because our society doesn't, uh, doesn't really show or address its abilities on the daily, there is less information for coaches or people in general to think about disabilities on the daily. Um, so it's a little harder to get uh, information, but it is there. Um, my life experience has always included Yvonne, so being hyper aware of the time and resources needed to teach someone with Down syndrome is second nature. Um, but for a new coach that does not have this, uh, this experience, it can take a little while and it can take, it can definitely just take practice. You know, we do have to pay special attention to their uh, if, if an athlete has a physical disabilities, I can't expect them to do certain workouts, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to work out. I just need to find the modification. Um, and I'll work with that athlete in, in coming up with a modification. So in, in terms of understanding our athletes, yes, it is a challenge if you, if you just go without any knowledge, but as soon as you talk to the athlete first, that's where all the challenges you know get a little easier one of the things that i do experience onboarding our staff onboarding volunteers is they don't want to say the wrong thing and we talked a little bit about language they don't want to say the wrong thing they don't want to offend someone with a disability oh no <laughs> that would be terrible um and we don't um it is always the same thing uh, we we give them the time and, and the opportunities to talk to our athletes and really our athletes to talk to our staff and really connect on that 
on that level to the point where our athletes, our, our parents, they know that we have the best intentions at heart that we want to understand. And I'm sorry that I'm using me or we and them. Uh, these are just my experiences. But whenever I talk to an athlete who has a disability that I am not familiar with, it is so important for me to talk to them. Uh, and it does not have to be related to rowing. Awesome. Uh, one of the things that I believe that, um, you know, every program have challenges or that the program have challenges. But one way we overcome uh, uh, some of those challenges is by creating powerful stories, right? So from Jeanette, uh, I would love to hear maybe um, your, you know, I know that Yvonne and both Carol competed and you saw both of them compete. Uh, maybe uh, a quick powerful story or something that you remember um, and how it made you feel when you first seen um, one of the girls um, compete. So, cuando tú, como madre de yo, de mí, <laughs> Yvonne, eh, tú has visto a las dos, well, really las tres, pero las dos eh, participar en competencias. Eh, Ron York cree que una de las maneras que podemos abrir las puertas a esta visibilidad es en compartir historias de, nuestra, de nuestros propios atletas. Entonces, Archie pregunta si tú quisieras eh, compartir una historia de cómo tú te sentiste o cómo tú viste una experiencia conmigo en competencia y con Yvonne en competencia. Bueno, en realidad son, tengo tres hijas y mis tres hijas han sido atletas del Row New York. Son tres. Entonces, bueno, eh, me encantó, y siempre lo recuerdo, la primera vez que Row New York compitió con un otro equipo que me recuerdo el nombre, <ríe> puedo decir, eh, y era su primera competencia. Y tú... Te íbamos a dejar al remo, ese día íbamos a la casa de bote y ibas tan nerviosa que casi llorabas de los nervios porque era tu primera competencia y en realidad fue tan fabuloso porque para ser la primera vez que competían, ganaron. ¿Te acuerdas de eso? Sí, <risa> sí me acuerdo. So. Y ganaron a un tremendo equipo. Sí. ¿Sí? Sí. Eso um, fue muy bonito. So, she is reliving my first race ever, uh, which was a very special race for me. So, that was the first race for me with Roni York. Um, so, just to translate what exactly what my mom has said, uh, my mom has watched all three of her daughters, because we do have Tanya, who is our middle child, so sorry, Tanya. Um, <laughs> she, um, she has three daughters who have been participants at Roe New York and have competed under Roe New York. Um, the one story that she loves and always remembers is this first race. She cannot remember the name of the race or who we were really competing against. Um, 
And uh, in, in my surprise in her remembering this, I've also blanked out a little bit, so I, I don't remember either. Um, and she recalls me being so nervous for this first race that I was on the verge of tears on our way to the lake, um, but we won. And we, that is, that, is, that is a whole other story, but we won by a lot of open water and against some teams that had, you know, really good rowers as well. So um, she always remembers that. Recuerdo otra, pero de Yvonne, cuando fuimos la primera vez a Boston, eh, rentando carro, pagando hotel, pero con los nervios de que mi hija, la más pequeña, iba a competir en remo. Y nos, y nos tocó de regreso una tormenta que demoramos más de siete horas en regresar. Entonces, y decíamos con mucha alegría, todo, todo porque fue tan bonito. Entonces, la tormenta de nieve no nos importó al final. Veníamos muy nerviosas, pero... Eh, fue muy satisfactorio de ver que Yvonne también podía competir. Yeah, so I also remember that um, this story is about Yvonne and her first race, and that was at Crash B in Boston. And going there, the nerves uh, of the race, getting a car, getting a hotel room, everything just putting everything into the schedule so that we can get, so we could get Yvonne there. Um, and then just seeing her compete, it didn't really hit her or my family until we were coming back. And that was seven hours of commute back to New York City from Boston in the middle of a snowstorm. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter because Yvonne had raced. Yvonne was included. And Yvonne did something that she should be able to do. So I added that last little part, but it really didn't matter. Um, to my mom and my family, Yvonne had competed and had been part of this experience. <laughs> Yvonne is very embarrassed by all of this retelling, as am I. So, you know, while we're talking about competing, um, we talk a lot about in the sport about being inclusive, right? And to me, I don't, you know, being inclusive is just not finding young people, older people um, with different abilities to be a part of the sport and to row and try rowing. It doesn't stop there. It's also getting them to compete and um, getting them to race. Um, how, how important it is to get uh, adapted athletes to not only practice and be a part of the community, but to what, how important is it to get them to compete? Very important. Um, so just in, in rowing culture in our boathouse, we were working towards something. It wasn't there to, you know, I'm, I'm a Latina woman. I'm not in this team to be a Latina woman and be a diverse percentage. I was treated here as a rower that 
worked so hard, just as my athletes are doing, worked so hard for something. And, and, and that's important that we're, you know, people are not here just to be diverse. Yes, we love our New York City diversity. Um, and I'm so happy that rowing is producing amazing rowers that are also from all backgrounds, all abilities. Our para-athletes right now in the Paralympics are amazing human beings that have worked so hard. And so they're working towards something. And that is not to just be inspirational. That is not just to be... Uh, uh, you know, motivation, you know, for everybody, for anybody else. It's, we're here to do the hard work so that we can bring home some, some hardware. <laughs> um, and so that rowing culture of working toward a goal together, that brings our team together. That, you know, that's when I have my athletes really cheering on each other even though they're in different classifications uh they may not be racing together and some might but if we have competition that discipline of having somebody in your team that is doing something so that friendly competition is there when you have others you have others going for the same seat you have others going for the same splits if you have more adaptive athletes going into a race that makes every single athlete strive to be a little bit better in their splits strive to be a little bit better so they get that seat and that's when we create really really good really really good coaches uh, and really really good rowers and programs and that is something that I've seen in several boathouses. CRI definitely has that belief. Uh, Para Rowing Foundation definitely has that belief. And it's a really important one that competition needs to be full in order to be good. We can't, we can't always be in uh, a showcase. Uh, we need to bring home some, some gold medals. And I'm really happy when when my athletes do, but I'm even more happy when a lot of my athletes go to a race. Awesome. I love that. I love that. I love that. It's super important um, to the sport of rowing and, and, and to New York and to everyone out there. To uh, Jeanette, to all the mothers or fathers out there, why should they kids row? Mami, como madre, ¿por qué todos estos atletas tienen que remar? Todos. En mis hijas o lo todo en general to, todos en general to, well do you mean you know there's a lot of sports out there you know uh, that kids try there's also a lot of you know young people finding um, you know their niche what should I do and I think parents do have influence right and I think some parents are looking for for um, that sport for that special thing for their young person, uh, disability or, uh, or not disability, but why bring them to rowing? Why should um, our kids row? I believe that every kid should row, but I would love to hear from your mom why our young people should row. Eh, con todos los deportes que hay alrededor de nosotros, eh, con discapacidad o sin discapacidad, ¿por qué hay que traer a nuestros niños al remo. El remo específicamente eh, es un deporte, eh, yo creo que completo, 
porque físicamente los pone a los chicos en buenas condiciones, saludables, eh, se ve que están, se ven felices remando, toman una eh, responsabilidad y, y a la vez cuando están en los botes, no sé, será el agüita, algo, pero les da una tranquilidad y una felicidad que se les, se les ve a cualquier atleta remando. Lo he visto en toda mi familia, mis amistades, todos los que están, incluso, me estoy integrando de a poquito a remar yo también. Uh, she loves the program because it puts our kids um, physically in good conditions. Uh, it's healthy and um, they're happy rowing. They take responsibility. And there's something about the water, she thinks, that makes our athletes a lot more calmer. Uh, seen, uh, she's also seen this in family and friends, including herself, because now she's starting to get involved with rowing at our boathouse. Yvonne, did you want to say something? <laughs> Not, yet. Not yet. Okay, so just a few more questions. Um, we're coming in for a landing. Um, before I get to the last two questions, I, I have to ask you um, this, Carol. Can you tell me uh, about Catherine, the development of Catherine, someone who um, said in her story that, you know, someone who, who, who's in a wheelchair who, who talked about not having strength to do many things, but when how Rowan helped her with her development. Uh, can you tell us a little bit from, uh, about Catherine from when she started to where she's at now? Yeah. Can, well. This this might need its own podcast because I can a minute and a half. No, yes. <laughs> uh, God, it's been such a pleasure coaching Catherine. She um she came to us uh through the Gateway to Gold events, which again, visibility toward all the sports that are out there for our community. Um, she reached out. She's a you know really independent go getter kind of athlete, and she reached out, joined our recreational program. I low-key, you know, started throwing hints, like, hey, we have a competitive team because I saw that drive. She was such a natural athlete. And she spoke at our gala uh, about her story. And, you know, one of the biggest things is, is transferring into a boat, which we teach our athletes without disabilities how, what is the proper way to get into a boat. And we have to teach our athletes with disabilities what is the proper way to get into a shell as well. We have to make sure that their wheelchairs are, are not in any kind of uh, unsafe space and that they are not in an unsafe space, that our docks are, are, are good for them. So getting to hear her story, which was a surprise to me as well, and, and see her own growth and her own realization of what she is going to be doing with sports was amazing. Um, in less than a minute, it's you know she she's gonna go places. Like I, I have I have really deep belief in that. She is uh, a beautiful uh, teammate to her to her entire team, whether they're in the recreational program or the competitive team. She knows everybody and she wants the information 
and um, she's going to be doing really good things this summer and and in all of her competitions. So, really proud. What I like to say is that every competition I've been to, she medaled. And the last time I seen Catherine, I don't know if you remember this, Carol. Last time I seen her, the athletes were training, and she was outside erging. And I think she just started her 2K, and it started raining. And you was like, everyone get inside and everyone get outside, but she would not stop. She just rolled through the rain. She said, I have to finish. Yep. And you could not get her inside, and she didn't care how hard it was raining, and she just pulled and pulled and pulled. And that's that's a competitor, competitor. and um, it was awesome to see what you're doing with the group there in Queens. Oh, thank you. I mean, that's all her. She decided <laughs> to row in the rain, and I mean, what rower has not rowed in the rain? She's no different. Um, that's awesome. So um, coming in for Landy, I, I would love to know from you, Carol, um, what makes, for all those who are listening, all those who say, hey, I want to start a program with athletes with uh, different abilities, um, how do you start? Um, it seems really overwhelming, and part of the reason is because para rowing is still fairly new. Um, the cost of rowing is big for a program without adaptive athletes, uh, so adding fixed seats, pontoons, which is a whole other topic, um, and uh, the training of coaches and any equipment that make it um, just a lot more expenses are, are being made for this type of equipment can make it more overwhelming. So receiving funding for adaptive programming is so important and the impact is huge. There's a community that already experiences uh, hardship with our athletes. So um, because our world is not built for disability, so wheelchairs and their accessories, transport, housing, Medicare, take up so much money already. And I see this firsthand with my family. Uh, but again, that's another podcast. Uh, so funding adaptive programs um, is really important because finances shouldn't keep amazing athletes from participating in rowing. It requires really good resources like the folks who put together Bayada Regatta, um, Para Rowing Foundation, uh, people like Patrick Johnson who really put it all into developing these programs, uh, and then just bringing more coaches together to continue growing the sport. Um, so, you know, something about Bayada Regatta is um, you just need one athlete. Um, that's something that, it, that makes it into the speech at Bayada Regatta almost every single year. You just need an athlete first, someone that wants to race, and that's what we got. We got athletes in the recreational program that needed to grow as athletes and compete, and that was the start of the competitive program. At Bayada Regatta, uh, like I said, they give you a little bit of history, and uh, they always say that it started with one coach and one athlete that wanted to race. Uh, finding people that want to race, that's not going to be hard. It seems challenging because it is adaptive, but the more visible we become, uh, the more uh, quote-unquote normal it seems, um, and the better and the more knowledgeable, um, the more knowledge there will be for other people to want to start an adaptive program and continue to include all diverse athletes. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, last question. This is for both of you. Um, what do we, uh, for all the listeners out there, for those who say, you know what, I want to check out a pro, I want to check out a crash B, I want to check out a rowing race for adapted athletes. Um, there are many out there, right? Um, what 
what can we expect not from a rowing race not from an indoor rowing race what can we expect from an adapt adaptive ran rowing competition um so fortunately there aren't that many races for adaptive um especially ones that are adaptive run um but we're working on it i i see it growing every single year there's more and more races for adaptive athletes um but bayada regatta again it's one of the biggest one and it's the oldest regatta that is all disabilities it's super inclusive and it can be really competitive um so and, and that comes from education um our the, the races and what you can expect from that race is that it's safe first and foremost it's super safe i uh, I am in awe at all the protocol and the meetings and the attention to detail, but it's a really competitive space. Uh, so you can expect athletes who work really hard to get first place. And then on top of that, there's a lot of community. So uh, a lot of athletes just walking around, meeting other athletes, making friends, and definitely coaches getting together with other coaches and uh, talking about their programs. Um, there's a lot of community in that. Yep. And you also expect a lot of inspiration, right? A lot of inspiration and um, and see everyone go past that finish line. Um, is there any last minute things that, Jean Jeanette, that you want to say or, or Carol, you want to say before we close the podcast? Mami, ¿quieres decir algo? La última cosa. En realidad, eh, estoy muy agradecida con la organización. Eh, porque he visto avances grandes in, y me interesó bastante la, la propuesta que tuvieron con, con incluir a los a, lo, a nuestros a nuestros chicos especiales digamos y, y han sido un gran ejemplo para muchas familias eh, y no quiero dejar de lado de decir eh, que gracias al programa especial, digamos, eh, también han sido un ejemplo para eh, eh, otra persona de, de Chile que quiere iniciar un programa como el que admira tanto como el programa de, de adaptativo y reacreativo. ¿Cómo se dice? recreacional eh, para los chicos con alguna discapacidad. Entonces, quieren aprender más de todo lo que ustedes están haciendo. Yo estoy feliz con, con todo esto, la organización y todo. She says she is very thankful uh, for this organization um, and she's so happy to see the growth it has, um, I guess, developed. And, and the decisions to make it more inclusive, to really become an example to other families of, of this inclusion, and to the point that people in our family, uh, as I mentioned before, we have family in Chile that are rowers, but we have one, one of my cousins, Claudio, he is this, will be his third year visiting New York City from Chile to learn about adaptive rowing from Row New York and shadowing all the coaches because he was so, um, he, he was 
he's in love with rowing, but he loved this idea of inclusion uh, for all, not just different socioeconomic groups. Um, and she's very happy with, with the program. And I'm going to see if maybe Yvonne is not feeling so shy, uh, maybe a little bit. Um, Yvonne, do you like rowing? So she's shaking her head, yes. Is there anything that you'd like to say? <laughs> He's very shy. Um, that's okay. Do you want to tell me my ear? Okay, so I think it was a little biased, but she says that I'm her favorite sister. I'm her favorite coach. Um, but uh, Yvonne is, uh, yeah, she's feeling a little shy today, but should meet her. <laughs> Awesome. So we want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, we want to thank Carol, Yvonne, uh, Jeanette for being a, a part of this podcast. They're the founding uh, family members of this program. Um, you know, we have a strong competitive program. Uh, they actually go out and compete and have a good time on the water and off the water. We have our um, we have our SDA program, so we have a, about 150 high school kids who go out on the water, kids with disabilities, and we work with them, and they um, learn to sport, go out on the water, and row, have fun, have a good time. The teachers connect, the families connect, and it's it's been just amazing. So super grateful for Row New York for being a part of this and all those who give um, to our adaptive program. So uh, appreciate you again, Carol. Um, Maybe one day we'll do a phase two of everything else. Um, uh, do you have anything else to say before we close? Um, no. Um, you know, I, I share the same beliefs that my mom have and that this organization has really changed our family and, and has had a really deep impact in all of us. Um, and I am really proud to be a Row New Yorker and extremely proud that my sister can also be a Row New Yorker. Thank you for listening to Waterside Chats. Make sure you follow us at Row New York on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for updates and notifications on the next chat. Get out there We did everything we were supposed to do as well as possible, and that's the goal every practice, right? And, and today we can check that out.